0: All right so uh last week so if you got your Bible's turn to second peter second Peter uh, uh chapter three verses fourteen through eighteen is what we're kind of walking through we we got to uh we got to chapter three really into verse sixteen uh and, and we saw Peter mention that some of Paul's texts are hard to understand, and so that's really kind of what we started looking at just a reality for us what do we do with these hard to understand text. But before we jump into that, let's stand in the honor of reading God's Word. Let's remind us of the the context of this passage as we're remembering what uh, God has promised to do and we're responding to that. Let's read uh, chapter 3 starting in verse 14 uh, and then we'll read down to verse 18, the the end of, of the book. Therefore, beloved, You, therefore, beloved, knowing this beforehand, take care that you're not carried away with the error of lawless people and lose your own stability. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we do come to you this morning after... Hearing from your word and being called to worship uh, by your word and your testimony, Father, both the laws you command of us and the, the, the realization that, Father, you are the God who carries us, who bears us. Uh, and so, Father, part of that bearing us is in your word. And so, Father, I pray that as we come to your word today, that we will come to it with rejoicing, with thanksgiving, uh, and also in worship Uh, both wanting to to praise you but also to hear from you so father as we come as your people may you may you speak to us through your word and uh, may we live uh, as if our master has spoken to us Uh, may we joyfully obey all that we hear it's in christ's name we pray amen all right so if you go down we're down to the really the second half of verse 16 uh where he says there are things in them that are Hard to understand. There are things in Paul's letters that are hard to understand and, and this hits upon a, a reality for all of us. What do we do when we when we come to, to Bible texts that are hard to understand? Uh, where we sort of read it and we uh, walk away, maybe confused, like uh, you know, what do I do with that? What am I, you know, it's my daily devotion. I'm supposed to really want to read something to 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 give me a boost for today, and instead I'm just sort of walking away, going, you know, what do I, what am I supposed to do with that text? You know, I don't, I don't really know how that text is supposed to, you know, shape my life. I don't even really know uh, what it's talking about. And, and often when we're reading those hard texts, even if. You know, we'll say we're reading a chapter and it's just a, a hard verse or two in, in what we've been reading. And those hard texts can end up, you know, eating the entirety of our thoughts about what we've read. And we can read three chapters in a book for the day, or four or five, or however many, but if there's a, a couple of verses that we don't understand, Sometimes it is those verses that we don't understand that we'll just sit and chew on or try to chew uh, and try and figure out what's that about. So instead of the, all the other verses that we definitely knew, these hard texts sometimes can really bore their way into our heads to where that's all we can think about. Is what do I do with this? What does it mean? Uh, and so you've got these difficult passages, these hard sayings, they can be, they can be sometimes frustrating to us. We get frustrated when we read passages we don't understand. We can be disappointed. Maybe we're disappointed in ourselves. I I feel like a failure because I don't understand God's word. Maybe we're just puzzled. Maybe we just walk away puzzled saying, man, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this. I don't know why God would, you know, have me read this passage right now. What what am I supposed to do with this, God? And so if, if hard passages are a reality, if the Bible can tell us, okay, there are things in them that are hard to understand. If this is a re- if this isn't, I mean, and this may be a great thing for you to know. If you're not the only one who's ever dealt with hard texts, right? Maybe you're going, I didn't know other people got to verses they didn't understand. This makes me feel so good. Uh, if the Bible itself tells us that there are things in passages that are hard to understand, if there are things in the Bible that, that are difficult, what do we do with those? What do we do when we come to hard passages? What can we learn just from the fact that there are hard passages? And that's what we looked at. We started last week. What lessons can you get? Even if you don't understand a passage, what lessons can you learn just by recognizing that this passage is hard for you to understand? That even if you don't understand it, the Bible says there are things you can learn just from the fact of a passage being hard hard for you and so last week we looked at a few things so that even the hard text can be valuable one thing the bible taught us is that hard texts teach us to come to the bible humbly Hard texts teach us, maybe they remind us that we need to come to the Bible humbly. If you've been reading and reading and reading and you've got it all, you can begin to think that, hey, I got this Bible stuff down. Uh, and that it's really about some sort of inherent knowledge on your part. You know, I'm a, I'm a pretty knowledgeable Bible guy. Uh, and sometimes God gives us these hard texts to humble us. It reminds us, as we saw Paul say, that, Without the Holy Spirit, it's impossible for us to understand any of God's word. You and I do not have an innate ability to understand and obey God's word in and of ourselves. That only comes from the work of the Spirit in our hearts. It only comes from him to enable us to understand. So the humility that we can have when we get to a hard text is recognizing, hey, it's really amazing that the whole thing's not hard. It's amazing that every verse I read, I'm not going, not only do I not understand it, but I'm pretty sure if I did understand it, I wouldn't want to obey it. Without the Holy Spirit, that's where our hearts would be. So we need to start out when we're reading God's word, we get to a hard text to remind ourselves, you know what? If it weren't for the work of God, I wouldn't understand any of God's word. And if I did understand it, I wouldn't want to obey it. So so it can really humble us. It can be a good, valuable lesson in in humility, even if you don't understand what a particular passage is, is talking about at the time. The other thing we saw is that hard texts teach us to read the Bible confidently. Now, this seems like a bit of an oxymoron, right? How can the text that I don't understand, how can it help me be confident you know, how can, how can, how can hard text teach me to be confident? Because we read in scripture that God tells us, are there difficult passages? Yes. Are there hard things? Yes. But the fact that there are hard things and not everything is hard is a grace of God. He tells us, remember in Deuteronomy 29, 29, that if he has written it down, it is there for us to understand. And not just to understand, but to do. So when we get to a hard text, we can be confident in knowing God does not put anything in scripture that is just there to mystify us, right? That is just there for us not to know, to blind us. If it's in God's word, he gives us exactly how much we need to know, not only so that we can understand the texts that are in scripture, but as Deuteronomy 29, 29 said, so that we can even do them. So when you get to a hard text, be confident. No, this isn't here to confuse me. This isn't here as some sort of unknowable truth. Any text in scripture is there for me to know as much as God wants me to know and to understand as much as he wants me to understand so that I might do what I see. So so even when when you get to these hard texts, hard texts can be great lessons for us about what our Bible is, great reminders. This is the word of God that you're dealing with. This is the word of the God of the universe. The idea that you thought you would breeze through it like some sixth grade math quiz uh, is, is crazy. The idea that you thought you would, that this would be something just easy for you to grant. The, the, the fact that this is the word of God. It's surprising that we can understand it. It's surprising that we get as much as we do from it. All of that is God's grace. And when you read it, you know, this is God's word. He's given it to us for a purpose. And that purpose is so that we can know and we can do. If God's revealed it in his word, it's there for us to know and to do. But sometimes the problem the Bible is going to tell us with hard texts isn't the, the text. Sometimes the problem is us. Sometimes when you get to a hard text, what you can learn about is you can learn, hey, you know, this teaches me about the Bible and it gives me insight into Scripture. But sometimes when we get to hard texts, that hard text can be an insight into us and to what we're dealing with. For example, when you look, we'll look at a a few examples uh, where the Bible talks specifically about hard truths or deep truths and what those things reveal about us. The first we're going to see is in Hebrews chapter 5. For those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. So one thing I want us to see here, uh, and we're going to look at this text again in a little bit. But one thing that you see in this text is that we need to learn when you come to hard texts. These teach you to come to the Bible patiently. Come to the Bible patiently in, in this. There are things that are hard to understand in scripture, sometimes based on your spiritual immaturity and sometimes like like in this case in hebrews he's getting on to them for their spiritual immaturity but he's pointing out a truth the the problem isn't that they're children he's going to say the problem is that they're still children but what does that teach us that there are certain points in your christian life where it is natural for you to be a child in the things of god It is natural for you to not be ready for solid food, for you to to be taking on the milk. Look, I would love for Peter to be a big, strong, strapping lad, but right now if I started feeding him steak uh, in order to get him there, it would actually be deleterious to his health. Uh, In the same way, you and I, as we begin to get into the Word of God and we begin to read it, it is natural. In fact, a part of how God has made us to be that we begin as children in our understanding of God's word, where we are not ready for the meat of some text, where we need, as he says, some of the basic principles of the oracles of God, where we need this milk because we're not skilled in the word of righteousness yet. We don't understand as much as we could. We are immature in our faith. So sometimes when we start reading the Bible, this is, this is true if we're a new Christian, Or it's true if we're someone who has not been reading the Bible like we should. And we jump into the Bible and we don't understand everything. Part of that is part of your holification is this growth and understanding of the things of God. So there are going to be meat level things that you ain't going to get yet. Because you need the milk to set the foundation to those meat level things. There's a reason that the book of Romans doesn't start with Romans chapter 9. Uh, there's, a, there's a lot of reasons that it doesn't start with Romans chapter 9. Uh, but there's a reason these hard texts are hard texts. There's a reason there are things that God builds up into our knowledge of who he is and what he does. So if you get to a, a if you've just picked up your Bible and you're like, Chris, I'm, uh, and th- this, and this happens a lot of times. People pick up their Bible and they're like, I don't know where to begin. Let's begin with Genesis and so they start reading the Bible, and they, they, which is good, is okay. I would encourage you not to do that for a couple reasons. Uh, and I'm not getting into those right now, but you can talk to me later. Okay, I'll get into them right now. Uh, because that'd be great to start with the shadows, except now we've got the substance. Read the substance. It'll help you understand the shadow. All right, there's that. Uh, so I always encourage people to start in the New Testament. I'll help you understand the Old Testament. Anyway, uh, but people will start reading, and they'll be like, Chris, I'm really trying to read my Bible, but I got to Leviticus, and I'm going, I don't know who's going to ascend that holy hill. Uh, and I don't know what I'm supposed to do with all these commands, but I have torn apart all my clothes with mixed woven fabrics. Uh, I found out in my closet I had some, some polyester and satin outfits that were just totally ungodly to have. Uh, you know, I mean, all these things. So, the, so as you're reading these things, you, get, you can get discouraged. But the, the, re, the reason is, isn't because you're dumb. It isn't because the Bible is just not for you, which is what some people do. They'll get frustrated and think, well, I just, I'm not a reader. Remember that? I'm not a reader. It's funny that God never says that in the word. He never says, you know, you know, as you guys are reading this, except for those of you who are not readers, uh, you know, as you're reading God's word, it, it's, it is going to come like the development of a child. At least that's the way God describes it, that you're going to have to begin with milk. And you're going to have to begin with the small things. And that may mean there are things in Scripture that, guess what? Not that you're not ready to understand, although that's true, things he's not helping you to understand yet because he's making sure you get those basic things solidified, the basic principles of the gospel. And I've seen this. You can see this. I mean, when people start reading their Bibles and they want to jump into things like, you know, maybe really deep questions of theology and and all this, and, and they've got questions 9, 10, and 11 really solid But you go back and you ask them about the basics of the gospel and those things can get kind of shaky. I mean, God wants us to fill ourselves on the milk and then it's time for solid meat. So if you get to a passage and you don't understand what it's about and you go and and that might be because you've just started reading God's word. Be patient. God is growing you. Through the milk, you'll get to the solid food. Go back to that confidence, right? Go back to what we saw in Deuteronomy 29, 29. If it's revealed, it's revealed for you to know and to do. But here combined with 1 Corinthians or with Hebrews and what we're going to see, 1 Corinthians, you see that there is a growth to our Christian life. So look, for example, at 1 Corinthians chapter 3. You see the same sort of truth. 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. But I, brothers, could not address you as spiritual people, but as people of the flesh... As infants in Christ, I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not ready for it. There are those who, as infants in Christ, are not ready for some truths in Scripture. They're just not ready for it. Where you could go, the truths that are true, points that are valid and right and good, but that you are not ready for yet. And so when you read those things in your Bible reading, they may be confusing to you. Maybe the Lord is intentionally confusing them to you so that you can focus on the milk. In fact, Jesus said, Jesus did this with his disciples. In in John chapter 16, verse 12, Jesus told his own disciples. He said, look, there are things that I can't teach you because you're not ready for them yet. Look, if the disciple, if there are truths that Jesus says, I still have many things to tell you, but you cannot bear them now. If that can be true of someone who spent three years by the side of Christ, do not be surprised if you've been reading your Bible for three days that you don't grasp it all, right? That you're not ready for everything. Understand that this is part of Christian growth. Jesus said it would be later that the Holy Spirit would teach them these things. But what's interesting, so be patient. As you're reading, understand, you, you just started reading, you know, I'm God's given me milk. I'm not ready for meat yet. If you get to a passage you don't understand, trust the Lord uh, that, that he will get you get you to the meat. But what's interesting about these passages, both in, in Hebrews and in 1 Corinthians, uh, is that that's not why these passages are hard for those people, right? The reason these passages are hard, both in Hebrews and 1 Corinthians— isn't because they're new Christians. Is it there? See, we've got to understand there are times where it is hard for us to understand God's word, not because of the hardness of the text, but because of the hardness of our hearts. And that's the next thing. So it might be that you're a baby, but some of you are going to look at that and say, I must just be a baby, and you're like that 30 year old baby, right? That is that would not be um, it's one of those things like have you seen these people like identify as babies uh, and they make people treat them like it's a real thing. You have to accept it. Right. Uh, It's normal. No, it's not. Uh, But what's funny is that's how a lot of a lot of Christians want to act as if it's normal in their Christian life, because what's happening with these people, it's not that it's not that the text was hard. It's that their hearts were stubborn. In other words sometimes we're pretending when we say that passages are hard what we really mean is i don't like what i'm seeing and that can be a reality sometimes we can be playing dumb pretending to be as hebrew says pretending to be dull of hearing when we actually know what it's talking about there are times where scripture speaks and we pretend like it's Hard. That's what's going on in Hebrews 5. That's what's going on in 1 Corinthians 3. Uh, so for some, the reason the Bible is hard or a particular passage is hard is because we are hard. Hard-hearted, stubborn. Uh, I know my own experience with this. Uh, I remember I was, uh, this pastor was preaching uh, on a, a particular uh, theme of Scripture. It was, the, it was the sovereignty of God in salvation uh and it was John MacArthur so he hadn't been arrested yet or anything it was on tape it was on tape to see how long ago that was I was in the ninth grade I remember I remember I was in the room and he starts teaching these deep hard things uh and I remember seeing them in the text and going well that can't be right and so what I did is I tried to find other texts to disprove that text So I would see it in the text. I go, well, that can't be there. And I'd read it and I'd be like, golly, that's really what it says. Uh, And so what I would do is I would pretend like that. I was acting as if that was hard. Now, was it hard for me to understand that text? No, what it was hard for was for me to obey what I was saying. And that's why the next thing we need to see is hard texts teach us or remind us to come to the Bible obediently to make sure. If you get to a text that is hard, you better make sure that the thing that's hard is the text and not you. Is the text if you look back at, at Hebrews chapter 5 let's look at those verses 11 through 14 now in light of okay so uh, the writer of Hebrews is pointing to this reality that some people are unskilled in the word some people need milk other people meat but look at what's going on with these people Hebrews five eleven about this, we have much to say, and it is hard to explain why, since you have become dull of hearing. That's why it's hard to understand. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, right? They should have been growing naturally and patiently. You need someone to teach you again the basic principles of the oracles of God. You need milk, not solid food. For everyone who lives on milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness since he is a child. But solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil so there can be times where we're not ready for solid food we're not ready for God's word we're not skilled enough in the word to be ready to chew on the meat yet it's right for some people to be children but in the case of these Hebrews the problem with the Hebrews is that they are still children they are unskilled in the word but not because of their the, the amount of time that they've been a Christian but because they've been dull in hearing what they've heard They've, they've pretended to not understand the things that they have heard. They are unskilled in the word, but notice what shows their immaturity. What marks one as unskilled in the word. It's not that they don't know the Bible. I mean, these, if you read the book of Hebrews, they're pulling in a lot of old Testament stuff here. They, they're understanding. They, they know the scriptures. It's not that they don't know the Bible. It's not that they, they don't have the, the, the... It's not about the number of verses they know or don't know. It's not their lack in a, in a detailed understanding of, of, of theology or the Old Testament. It's what? It's that they're not practicing what they've read. You're not mature, he says, because your powers of discernment are trained by what? By practice. By constant practice. They've been reading. They've just refused to obey what they've read. That's their problem. They've become dull to what they're hearing. So they hear it. They've got it. It's in there. These these weren't people who were ignoring Bible reading altogether. These aren't people who just haven't picked up their Bible in three years. These are people that when they did hear the word of God, they were dull to what it was telling them to do. If you want to understand more scripture, if you want to move from milk to meat, it's not about finding some seminar. It's not about taking some class. It's not about a conference. It's not about some outside spark that you've got to get from someone to give you this knowledge. The first step in becoming mature and understanding scripture is to start doing what you already know. But what's funny is in my own life and in the life of many, what you see is people will move so quickly from obeying the milk to wanting to eat the solid food and they never go back to obeying the milk. And they never become mature in the things of God. The first step in maturity is doing the parts you already know when people are frustrated by their Christian walk and they want to be better and they want to be more mature and they want to jump into knowing deeper things that that'll get them there. And I have to say, no, you know, you know, what's going to get you there? I'm noticing some milk level stuff that you're not doing. That's what's going to get you into maturity. It's not jumping into a deeper theology book. It's not getting some deeper understanding of this or that. You know what you're struggling with right now? You know why you're not immature? The same reason the Hebrews weren't mature. You're not practicing the basic principles of the gospel. Oh, you know them, but you're not doing them. You're not constantly discerning good and evil by the practice of what you have read. And that's the thing. That's the hard part. Obeying the milk, that's, that's harder. It's easy. I did it for years. It's easy to memorize theology questions. It is easy. It's easy to memorize answers to questions. I mean, people who know Bible verses are a dime a dozen. You get on YouTube, you can see people spitting out spitting out more Bible Bible verses you didn't even know were in there. Surprising what they know. And if you look here in in Second Peter, even these false teachers they had Bible verses, right? Some they didn't have. No, they didn't have Bible verses. What makes real maturity is lives changed. By those verses. That's why when you get to Titus and you get to First Timothy, and he's telling them about the pastors that they should appoint. You know what he doesn't say? He doesn't say, get someone who knows a ton of scripture, does he? I mean, it doesn't mention that they should be able to teach, right? So that's assumed. They've got to know the text. But what does he focus on over and over and over? Not their skill in those things, but their character. Because what is their character going to show? They don't just know. The verses, they're living them. So get someone who is self-controlled. Get someone who is raising his family right. Get someone who's not greedy. for. I mean, get, th- these things are character issues. That's what grows maturity. And what's funny is when people come to me and they say, hey, I'd, I'd like to look into, into being, uh, being an elder or growing to be the type of person who could be an elder, could be a pastor. The first thing I tell them is you get to those passages and you see the type of man that you're supposed to be, be that man, be that. Because the temptation is to think what I need is these other things. And the reality is, no, what you need is the basic level stuff, which is to be obedient in the milk. And then God will get you ready for the solid meat. Uh, And as Christians, that's the same way all of us grow. If you want to grow as a Christian, you grow by being obedient to the milk of what you've read. If you feel like you're not growing and like your knowledge isn't expanding like you want it to and you wish you knew some of these deeper things and you're frustrated, you get to text and you don't understand it, maybe part of the reason that you don't understand the meat is that God wants you to start obeying the milk first. And if you're not obeying the milk, the worst thing that he can do is start feeding you the meat because you know what you'll do? The same thing a baby will do. You will just throw it up. So if you want to understand more Scripture, the, theological maturity is about obedience, is about obedience. Being made mature, made perfect, he says, through constant practice. And, and James talks about this same thing. James talks about the immaturity and foolishness of those who have the Word of God, but don't do the Word of God. All right, so James chapter one, verse 21 through 25. He says, therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls, but be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word, but not a doer, he's like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror for he looks at himself and then goes away and at once forgets what he was like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his what? In his doing. So we're to receive the word with meekness, not like the Hebrews did with this prideful dullness of hearing that refused to hear what they should have known. We're to receive this with meekness, but not just to receive it by listening to it, We receive the word humbly. How? What does it look like to receive the word humbly? It's not your posture right now, right? To receive the word humbly, it's not when I preach or Zach preaches and you sort of humble yourself under the hearing of it. What is it to receive the word humbly? What does he say? You receive the word humbly, not just when you hear it, but when you do it. That's what receiving the word. I mean, that's and that's worship, right? When we're talking about worshiping the Lord on Sunday morning, the Lord is not worshiped by just being here, hearing his word. The Lord is worshiped when you want to and do obey his word. We cannot be, he says, like some fool who sees himself in the mirror that is God's word. And what a sometimes horrible mirror it is, right? We can see ourselves far too clearly. In the mirror of God's word. And we wish. You know it says we see through a mirror dimly. Sometimes it feels like that mirror is not as dim as we wish it was. Um, because we can see ourselves pretty clearly sometimes. So we see ourselves. We, we can't be like some fool who sees himself. Sees what he is. Sees what she's supposed to be. Sees the new spirit at work in him. But, but also sees you know so to speak the food in our teeth. But then forget what the mirror has showed us and walked away as if nothing has changed and what's funny is in the christian life all of us have probably been guilty of that in our immaturity right that's what he's saying makes one immature is to see it in the text and to walk away and not do it that's immaturity that's to be a fool I mean, if if you walked up and you had just eaten like a, a bowl of spinach and you went up and you saw in the mirror this green thing in your teeth and you just went, oh, I got rid of that. And then you just turned around and walked away and went about your day. I mean, we would never do that, right? That would be silly. That would be crazy. But that's what we do when we come to the word of God and God in his grace shows us what we need to be doing. In his kindness, he feeds us by the milk of his word. And we foolishly turn around and act as if we've forgotten what we just saw. It's not turning around from a mirror, though, that does it, is it? It's this. Shutting our Bibles, maybe getting up from church on Sunday. And it's like we get up and we're, going, we're walking out and we're like, I can't get out of here quickly enough to forget about what I just heard. We're sitting in our pews. I mean, how many times, you know, I remember in my life being guilty of it. Let me tell you, I am, this is, these are, this is what the, what you struggle with in the pews, what the pastors struggle with as they prepare the text, right? Because the, the same convictions that you feel hearing the word of God, we've, we've, we get a head start on. They get to chew on us all week, right? Uh, and, And they get to chew on you for just 45 minutes to an hour. But to be sitting there and to know this is what God is telling me to do and you just can't wait To not have someone telling you that, to be able to be away from that conviction, that is foolish immaturity because true maturity comes not just in hearing the word of God, but in doing it. If you want to have a better understanding of God's word, what you need to do is you need to guard yourself against being dull and acting like you can't see what's actually right before your face. Okay. So doing that with the milk or again, seeing it and then forgetting it because, because you're not, you're not doing it and you saw what you need to do. You're not going to do it. We need to be people who read it and do it. If you want to move into the deeper, into the food, into the solid meat, the first thing you need to do is come to the milk and obey the milk. Otherwise, you might get to the meat, but that doesn't mean you're mature. You're not going to understand it. You might be able to recite it, to quote it, to say it, but you don't get it. Because if you're not being obedient to the milk, you're not going to be obedient to the meat. You're not going to be ready for it. So the first step in growing in your maturity and understanding God's word is getting to those basic level things, getting to the milk and saying, am I being obedient to everything I see in Scripture Every time, because otherwise I'm going to grow dull of hearing and the word will be tinny in my ear. OK, so that's that's what the, he says is, is, is this maturity. Another passage that talks about this hard text is First Corinthians chapter three. First Corinthians chapter three, uh, beginning in verse one. we looked at this passage earlier let's see again the same thing that we talked about that the problem isn't in the text for these people but in themselves he says but i brothers could not address you as spiritual people but as people of the flesh as as infants in christ now i fed you with milk not solid food for you weren't ready for it even now you're not ready for it for you're still of the flesh For while there's jealousy and strife among you, are you not of the flesh and behaving only in a human way? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not being merely human? So this this final one, we must come to God's word spiritually spiritually. Okay, and I'm just pulling this word from the text because I don't mean that you come to, to God's word in some mystical fashion, because that's not what Paul is talking about here, but rather that we are to read the text with our eyes and our lives on the spirit, being people of the spirit, not with our eyes and our minds on the flesh, to be fleshly people Uh, is is fleshly people always are going to find God's word hard. So that's what Paul says. Paul says he's fed them, but not with solid food. Why? Uh, He's had to feed them with milk. He's had to feed them with milk. Remember, Peter has said, 1 Peter 2, verse 2, that that milk is what is for babes in Christ. Hebrews said it's for those unskilled in God's word. So these people aren't ready for some passages. They're not ready for the meat, he says, because they're still babies. But notice what shows their infancy. In Hebrews, what showed their infancy is that they heard God's word and they didn't want to do it. They were dull to it. But what's showing their infancy in in 1 Corinthians? Uh, like, Like in Hebrews, it's seen in their actions. It's not, hey, those are some hard truths. It's not that they didn't know what God showed. It's that they were still living in a fleshly way. So it's not that they didn't understand. Again, it's not that they didn't understand it. It's that they continued to live in a fleshly way even after hearing it. And notice what a fleshly way is. Because when we hear you're living in a fleshly way, especially when you're reading 1 Corinthians, right? You're immediately going to think some sort of sexual immorality is going on, right? That you're just living in this sort of uh, gregarious sort of fleshly life that is making you not ready. You know, you're, you're just living this life of licentiousness, uh, living this life of sin, and that's what's got you not ready for the text, although that is definitely true. That's not what's, that's not what he's pointing out here. It's not, notice the fleshly way. What shows them that they're still too young. What shows their immaturity? Not not listening to it or not obeying it, as in the case of Hebrews. Here, what, what, look what shows their immaturity. Not sexual immorality, not that type of living in the flesh, but what? He says, you're jealous people. How do you show your immaturity? Yeah, I, I know you're immature. Why? Because you're jealous. I know you're immature. Why? Because you're people of strife. They're creating divisions following certain people. Just, some of you are saying, I follow that guy. I know I follow that guy. I can't believe you listen to that guy. You should follow my guy. You hey, listen to Paul. And you know, Paulus is way better than Paul. Yeah, you know, what books is Apollos written, right? I mean, if we're stealing from from Peter here, it's their lack of what? Their lack of peace. It's not their lack of being spotless and without blemish. It's that they're not striving to be at peace. And so because they don't have peace, their lack of peace, their jealousy, their strife, their division is what shows their immaturity. And so they weren't ready for for the solid food. They needed to chew on the basic milk of the gospel a little more. Because if they understood the basic things of the gospel, you know what they wouldn't be? They wouldn't be jealous. The fact that they're jealous of others shows they're not ready for solid food. You know how they know they're not ready for solid food yet? Paul, knew, Paul said, you know how I know you're not ready for solid food? It's not because I started talking to you about step three of our biblical theology class and you didn't grab it, grasp it, so we had to go back to 2B. He says, you know how I know you're not ready for the solid food yet? Because there's strife. Because you're a people who have striving in your hearts. Strife in your hearts. You know how I know you're not ready for the solid food yet? Because there are divisions. Some of you are saying, I follow this guy. Some of you are saying, I follow that guy. They needed to chew on the basics of the gospel So they'd show their maturity when they quit being jealous. They'd show their maturity when there wasn't strife. They'd show they weren't children when they quit making divisions within the body. Not because their mind wasn't ready for more. Not because their mind couldn't grasp it because their heart wasn't ready. They were coming to God's word in a fleshly way. And you can almost see how that would happen and did happen in the Corinthians as they wanted to pit God's word of one division against another. Well, Apollo says this. Well, Paul says this. They were coming with life, and that's to have a life centered on the flesh. In a way different from we're used to thinking of someone whose life is centered on the flesh. We tend to think of someone's life centered on the flesh as doing sort of what we'd call fleshly things. Things that would take your life from PG to PG-13 and gasp even R. We think that's what makes you a person of the flesh. But here, Paul says, you're being people of the flesh. Why? Because you're jealous of other Christians. You're not ready for solid food. You know why you're not ready for solid food? Because you allow strife in your heart. You know why you're not ready for solid food? Because some of you are saying, I follow Paul. Others are saying, I follow Apollos. And when that's going on, look, you are not ready for the solid food yet. You're not ready for the meat. And Paul said, that's what helped me to understand it. And when you think about all the other things that the Corinthians did, right? Because he's going to get into those in chapters 5 and 6 and 7. I mean, it's not like I didn't do the other fleshly things, right? But for him to say, these are the things that showed me your immaturity is a pretty strong and important point for understanding what immaturity comes from, what it looks like to be someone driven by the flesh rather than driven by the spirit. So they need to be a people who are spirit driven, not, not worried. In other words, not worried about themselves, not seeking their own good, not jealous because someone's got something and they don't, not striving because someone made them mad and so now they don't like them, not saying, I want to follow this person, I can't believe you followed that, but like not create, not that sort of thing, but instead someone who follows the Spirit. So before we get into the, the rest of, 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 you know, Second Peter that we're going to get into, I thought it was good for us to sort of look at what do you do when you get to hard text? Because that's things, look, I get a lot of calls. As, one, I just get a lot of calls as a pastor, and normally it's from church members, not always. <laughs> uh, some people just need a pa- I've heard you're a pastor, and so I'm going to call you and need you to solve my life. Um, but you know what? I get, a, I get a lot of calls wanting to understand texts of Scripture. And and when I'm discipling people or or trying to encourage them to grow them in godliness, I get a lot of times people say, I just really struggle with reading the Bible and I don't know what to do. I don't know what that means. And they can get frustrated at themselves and get frustrated at God. And so to have these texts where God talks to us about some of the things we can learn from hard texts and some of the ways that hard texts can throw a mirror up in front of our face will help us the next time we get to a passage and we go, I don't know what to do with that. Well, you know what? You may not know what to do with that. But you've just got some things that you can do something with it. These are some things you can always learn. When you do hard text, these are things you can always remember. So you can go away with some uh, sort of, of fruit. Uh, so let's talk about just sort of the lessons that we learned, uh, the things to remember, the things to ask when we get to uh, a hard text. What makes a text hard? Sometimes it's the text. Sometimes it's us. Uh, sometimes it's just that we're children. And we're not ready for the mature things. But sometimes it's that we're still children uh, when we shouldn't be. Uh, sometimes it's that we're just being childish. So what can we do? We can. These are the, the things that we saw. One, come to the Bible humbly. Okay. Next time you get to a hard text, come to the Bible humbly. This is the word of God. You expect it to be deep. Uh, and and you'll, if, if you know that, that everything is beyond you. Um, then, then you can be amazed that you, that you get anything and humbled that the Lord is teaching you at all rather than being frustrated. Second thing, come to God's word confidently. God's word's not there to confuse you. It's not there to frustrate you. Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine again tells us it's there to teach us so that we can do it. Come to God's word patiently. If you don't understand it, it might be that you're just not ready for it. That's Okay. If that's why, if, it's, if, if, if all the other stuff is not true, right, if you're looking at these other things and, and it's not your hard-heartedness and it's not, then, then you can know sometimes God is just going to grow you there. And there are texts that, like I said, used to be confusing to me and are not confusing to me anymore. And that's not because my brain grew. I just became so much smarter. It's part of Christian growth. It's okay. Come to God's word obediently. So if you, if, when you're at a hard text, you need to ask, is this really hard or am I being hard to what I'm seeing? Am I pretending not to get this when I really just don't like what I'm seeing? And if that's the case, then, then you know, be re- repent as you're reading. And then come to God's word spiritually. And people not living as a person of the flesh, but a person in the spirit, casting off jealousy strife division those things he mentioned so i I hope that helps you the next time you come to a hard text i hope those are things to remember and uh things to look for in your own heart Uh, so the next time you get to a hard text you're not discouraged you're instead uh, able to be encouraged maybe reproved rebuked exhorted but no matter what you're not going to go away empty-handed all right let's pray